If you knew you were starting a business that would generate you $1 million per year, how much would you be willing to invest today? Travis Ferris is a real estate entrepreneur, sales coach, team leader, public speaker, and community builder. He's done the work with over $500 million in total sales. Now he's welcoming you to the table. But make sure you're ready. The coffee is for closers only. The mindset's the one thing that's going to keep you going. Coffee for Closers is powered by Collab Agents. Here's your host, Travis Ferris. All right, listeners, welcome to Coffee for Closers, fueled by Collab Agents. Uh, I got an, an amazing special guest today, uh, Ramon Casaus. Uh, he's been basically crushing rock real estate, uh, partnered with EXP a couple of years ago, also partnered with Place, uh, if you don't know what that is. But um, I'm super excited to have him on. We were actually just having some conversations about the market teams, what's been going on, the pivots that they've had to make to stay relevant and actually stay afloat. You know, the one thing that I always talk about is profitability. You know, I don't think teams were ever watching profitability over the last couple of years. And then all of a sudden they were like, whoa, what is this thing called profitability um, that they really had to dive into? And then kind of the, the interesting thing of secondary markets. So uh, again, uh, author, no permission needed, host of Battle-Tested Business Podcast, House of Agents Podcast, and the founder of Rock Real Estate. He's functioning and crushing Arizona, Colorado, and New Mexico, similar to us because we are Colorado- Hawaii, and then expanding to Arizona. But we were just talking about kind of secondary markets. Um, so real quick, let's hop right into that. The back on, like rewind for two seconds. And first of all, thanks for joining us, Ramon. Uh, yeah, appreciate man. you, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, and if you ever want to trade a market, I'll trade any of mine for Hawaii. If you want to, if you want to do a little swap, dude, it's uh, Hawaii's an awesome market. Um, I love kind of what we did there. Like, I, I don't know what you see with the different markets, like. When we first got in there was definitely, uh, you know, we refer to kind of the old standard model agent as like dinosaurs. Like I just, that's the nicest way I can put, uh, put it into a lot of people. So, but there was like a, a young, young market just waiting to enter the industry in Hawaii. And we just went in there and absolutely yeah. shook it up and like said, Hey, dinosaurs step aside. There's, and so like, there's actually a young, fresh agent in the industry Whereas in Colorado, especially Springs, I don't know about Denver, might be different. Uh, it is it is ran by dinosaurs, and I'm like, do I want to like shake this up a bit? Um, but it's it's a cool market. It's one of those things where you know the, it's oh, it's an awesome market when the median sales price is a million dollars, and you ha- you can have a lot of fun there. So anytime you want to come hang out in Hawaii, bro, we're 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 out there like we were out there for 15 years, but we're out there every quarter basically now kind of based out of Springs, but you're doing it, man. So appreciate that. Yes, sir. So hopping right now. Okay. So we just talked about it. You, you're running a team. Um, if you can r- run me through, like, what are your metrics? Um, I know you got started. I kind of heard your story speaking at uh, one of the EXP build events, I think. Yeah. You know, what, what, what type of numbers are you guys putting on the board or what have you guys been doing and, and all those fun things before we hop into it? Yeah, for sure, man. Well, I mean, I've been running, it's funny, in the first six months of real estate, I started a team. I didn't have really any idea what I was getting myself into, but I just knew that it just seemed like a way to get ahead faster. It's kind of my concept. It was like more sales, more agents, more brands, more posts. I figured, hey, this might um, you know, make me my career go a little bit faster. I think it did. Um, and you know, we it was 2016 up until 
let's see, last year, 2020, um, we've been consistently in that 100 to $150 million range. Um, in Albuquerque, that's selling a lot of units. That's where I'm originally from, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, yeah, we do like 400 units, four, 450 there in Albuquerque. And then um, we're now in Phoenix and Denver. Those are markets we just la- uh, we just launched um, last year, like mid, like July, 2022. And so, um, you know, I think with this year, to be honest, uh, I think if we can hit what we hit last year, even with our new, two new markets, I'd be very pleased with that. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. So if we could, uh, that's how the numbers we're putting out. We have about 50 agents across our different markets. A lot of those are newer ones that came with the, the, the recent um, expansion, but yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause I, I know you talk a lot about profitability and I think it's, I think even though it's a little bit odd to do i think it would be cool always if teams talked about what's your total gci and what's your profitability because because you might hear this and go oh man this guy has 50 agents and does you know four or five hundred transactions but as me and you both know like when it comes down to the PL, that doesn't necessarily reflect your actual take-home income yeah yeah but, and that's like yeah when you talk about actually i just dropped a video on it you know some of these teams doing 600 million a year, 800 million a year, it's like, you know, 10% profit margin would be like amazing. And it, and it's exactly what you said. And I always say like, you know, and I heard a story about, um, what is Russell Brunson's, his funnel hackers. Yeah. And like there, funnels, there's yeah. the funnel stuff. And, uh, I remember everyone was like, dude, there was, there was one gal up there that was like in the, the seven figure club, but like, they were like, she was spending like 900,000 a yeah. year on the advertising. So again, if you make a million and then spent 900 to make that, it's like, dude, you made a hundred thousand dollars. Like, yeah. You know. I, and I think it's also like there's seasons of growth, right? Like there's been many, many times uh, where we're intentionally redlining our P and L, right? Like we're intentionally spending what we have left over to, uh, to grow faster or whatever the case is. But I think that's kind of the first the first step is really understanding those metrics of how a team operates from a nuts and bolts on the financial side. For sure. And actually that takes us right right into I think the first point I want to hop into yeah. is I think all these teams that were, you know, I always call the cloudy with a chance of meatballs like lead gen. Um, yeah. you know, they 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 were geniuses for the past couple of years just doing it and then Q4 hit holidays interest rates doubled, you know, let's hop into that. Like, um, cause again, I run a team, I, my expenses were built off of Q2 and Q3 of 2022, which was like, all right, my team's like, Hey, let's do this. And I'm like, sure, do it, sure, do it, do it. And then all of a sudden you see your monthly expenses and then Q4 hit. And that was like, Whoa, like I got to do a reevaluation pivot. What's working, what's not working. I saw you post, um, which again, your content always speaks to me. It's like, really in line with, uh, what, what we're doing, what we're going through. You know, I, sure. I I'm me, I'm, I am who I am. Like people like it, people don't. It's part of our <laughs> core, core values yeah. of yep. just, just be you. Um, but you dropped a post and you were saying that, you know, and we've all had ups and downs in the last 10 years, but the last six months were like one of your most challenging. So like, tell me about that. Cause you, again, you're crushing the business. And again, we all pivoted, like, tell me what, what was going through the last six months. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, thank you for the content. I'm glad I'm glad somebody out there is liking it. Uh, yeah, so when we expanded, um, I had moved to Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, in the Scottsdale area, um, early 2022. 
you know, honestly, I, I just kind of wanted a new season of, for my own life. Like we had built, we had built up Albuquerque big enough and, you know, I was able to move and, and I was, I just needed that energy. I wanted to be a bigger city, more competitive. And so I moved to Scottsdale and, um, you know, we ended up kind of, we ended up really getting serious about expanding there in July. Um, and then Denver was also in that same exact time frame. And what ten, what happens in, in these scenarios is like, I'll give you the, I'll give you the analogy, right? It's like a rubber band. Okay. So you have your one location and you have a rubber band sitting on a table. You look at the rubber band, it's, it's a rubber band, looks fine, right? Well, what happens is you take that rubber band and then you start stretching it. And when you stretch rubber band, you start to see all the cracks and crevices and start to see the weak points in the band. Just multiply that times two. And then also geographically speaking, you know, four or 500 miles away each direction. That's how far we stretch this, our rubber band, right? And so the first challenge is once you stretch, you start to realize that systems, um, that your management team, like these are all things you have to look at that are cracks, you know, expenses. These are all cracks in your now stretched rubber band and you have to go start fixing. So that's, that's number one. I would say the other, you know, and that's just from a more of a, um, general standpoint of your business you're just stretching and finding and you're you're just clear as day looking at the inefficiencies you know pivoting we really did this expansion and a partnership with place as you mentioned we did it in july so i want you to imagine this july happens with a merger with place we expanded two new locations interest rates double (laughs) all in the same like two month span and then Here's another one, which I want to talk about when we talk about lead generation, but we had a very, um, very, very strong relationship with a company called Home Partners of America. And uh, we actually uh, were awarded the number one Home Partners of America team in the country last year. Um, And that company turned off the spigot, turned off the faucet, turned off the, the cash flow, the deals in our number one market for that program, which was Albuquerque. This all happened in three months. And so yeah, I've been a team leader for five, six years, you know, running our organization. And I mean, I've never seen our production drop off a cliff like that. And, you know, frankly, from a financial standpoint, and just from an overall challenging standpoint, um, the last quarter was by far the hardest three, four, five months of my like, all even I'd rather go be a brand new agent again. <laughs> That's how hard it was, right? Yeah. And so yeah, it's it's been challenging. And, and I I say that because I think a lot of people don't like, it's like, it's like this, Oh, you know, we're, we don't have those problems. Like bullshit. Like everyone felt, you know, maybe not to the same extent, but yeah, it really makes you become a smarter operator too. So one thing I always tell people is that I, when I got into the business in 2016, I only saw up like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and then, you know, 21, 22, all the craziness. But I've only seen up. So it's like this weird thing in the back of my head that I was always thinking about. Like, you know, I've never actually had a real like economic downturn or felt that weight yet on my business. And here we are. Um, So yeah, in a nutshell, like that's what the last six months have looked like. Yeah, for sure. I I got started in 2011, actually interesting. That was an interesting time because it was, it was the bottom of the market. So I actually had people being like, I don't know if we hit the bottom yet from the, Oh, seven, oh eight crisis. So, um, but I didn't necessarily see, and that's, I kind of went through the same thing because I started at the bottom. Now we're here. Um, and it was just, I think, and you said it too, as far as being a brand new agent, like, because 
at the end of the day, you have a machine that's that is you're you're putting fuel in and it's pumping stuff out and it's feeding a team. So I actually had the same question. I had uh, I chatted with Levi Lassick and Travis Plum to where I'm like, hey, your business is built on YouTube. Like, what would happen if that source kind of changed? Um, and so I mean, I, and that's where I'll be super transparent too. I mean, I watched my business get cut in at least half, if not three quarters, there for at least a month. Where I, you know we're we're crushing like 20 plus escrows. And then all of a sudden I'm like, dude, we've got five in escrow. Like that's, that's some craziness. Um, so yeah, I mean, some of the new agents, solo agents, they don't have that machine. So they can kind of be like, okay, what's working, what's not working. Um, but you put, you pushed in some good points. Cause I want to, I guess here, like, again, I think you, everyone evaluated their expenses, what's working, what's not working, the lead gen management. So we expanded from Hawaii to Colorado, I think in 2020. What did you guys do? Because in Hawaii, we were like a freight train, like just pushing hard, created a super volatile entry. What was your guys' expansion model look like? Like, did you come in like spearheading into the market or or what was your expansion into those other markets? And then what did that kind of do for your management? Like you guys managing people? Great question. Um, you know, we, it was the first time expanding. So, you know, on our, wherever our fourth location ends up being, um, we're definitely going to do it differently. Uh, I think that, you know, Phoenix was a logical choice because I live there now, like we were talking before we jumped on, um, you know, it's also the most, one of the most competitive cities for real, residential real estate in the Southwest on the West coast. Um, so, and then Denver, you know, is a, is a, is a city that I actually knew a, a decent amount about, like I've been there. Um, and I also, it's close enough from Albuquerque. Like they're all kind of in the same, you know, little hour flight, um, range, but you know, to be honest, the other one, the other reason for both those, those locations was also, uh, the average sales price. I mean, I think this is where you have, especially as a team leader, have to be very conscientious is. Um, you know, you can only split up six grand, nine grand, so many ways, right? Like our average sales price in New Mexico is about 300, 325 on a good day. It's $9,000. You can only, you can only split it up so many ways. So what's really cool that I, I, I realized was that, well, our average sales price in Denver, not even trying for to increase it, just going in average with 600 in Phoenix, it's about five, five fifty. So what ends up happening is your profit margins are larger, Right. Um, there's more meat on the bone and you don't have to do as many transactions that you, of course we want to still do as ton, uh, as much as we can. However, when you look at it, every one transaction in Denver is worth two in Albuquerque. And, and there's something to be said for that. Um, when you start actually breaking down like management and compensation, you know, all the things that go into your cost of goods sold. Um, but yeah, entering in the market, honestly, to honestly, man, I just went in and started recruiting. First things first, we look for a president, uh, we look for a director of sales or a team leader. That's the first person we're trying to identify or very, very strong agents who are more self-sufficient, but understand the vision of what you're doing. Obviously using Albuquerque as reference, right? Like, Hey, I've done this before. We're just doing it in a different city. That's really how we started. And, um, you know, but the, the key, the key hire there is that team leader, director of sales. That's number one. Um, outside of that, there was really not much more strategy. And I just want to look for good people who understand our value proposition, see what we're doing and want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, that's how I started it. For sure. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. When we, when we actually expanded to Colorado, I, I kind of said to the team, like when we were bringing people on and I had actually agents follow, 
from Hawaii and they're like, Hey, I'm kind of over Hawaii. Let's try different stuff out. So, and then I recruited some people and brought them on, but we didn't put, we didn't do that like hard push. It was more like, let it happen. And like, you know, again, Hawaii was just like pushing through. Whereas I kind of let Colorado do its own thing. Like how is the Denver market? Cause we're in Springs. We do a little bit yeah. in Denver, but again, it's almost like we were talking the primary city versus secondary cities. Um, you know, you almost catch the benefits of the primary, but not necessarily yep. the competition. Yeah, it's, I mean, definitely competitive. Um, obviously, the, um, I think the average sales prices are about the same, Springs and Denver, not too much difference. Um, but I, I definitely, inventory is, def- is low, that's for sure. And you start getting into inner Denver, like Denver proper, I mean, your average sales price jumps about 800. Um, and so, you know, there's not a ton of, you know, buyers, right? And what we've seen with rates where they're at, you know, that are young, younger professionals or in that like mid tier, they've bought in one house upsizing to the 800. We haven't, we don't see a lot of that. So, um, our, our average sales price has been more on the 600 route, but it's more on the suburbs around Denver than actually Denver proper. Um, but no, I mean, I think Denver is, it has its own, you know, has its own, um, its own flavor, it's its own uh, ecosystem, its own community. And I mean, I love it. It's, it's a great place to be in the summer and springtime. I will say that in the wintertime, I don't know about that one, but uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be there in about a month. Cool. Hit me up when you're out here, bro. Guns, yeah. bows and arrows, all that. Oh, fun I love stuff. that. Yeah. We're definitely into it and enjoy that. I'm from Alaska. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's. Denver's light I, work for you. It is like where Colorado in general, it's like, you know, it was like 65 and sunny, I think yesterday. And then it's snowing and 30 degrees today that that doesn't happen in Alaska, but still, yep. I think you named it like I'm, I'm pretty over winter. So we're, yeah. we're going to bebop a little bit more out of the winter times here. So, all right. So place, um, I actually spoke, you introduced me to place and, and I talked to them. I had been in a business marriage before. We'll just call it that. I, my business partner is my lovely wife, Nisa. She's about to have a baby here in a couple of weeks, but we've been in a business marriage. And, and I guess it's, what was that uh, migration? What did that look like, you know, to merge and kind of partner with, with place? What, what, where was your head at uh, when you did that? What was it like? Are you yeah. happy with that choice as well? For sure. Great question. Um, well, you know, it's funny, uh, Ben Kinney, the, uh, the first video I ever watched, was about how to sell. I think it, the video is actually how Ben Kinney sells 600 homes a year. That was the first video. My dad actually sent it to me on YouTube. I have the email still. Uh, this was in 2016. I remember watching and just being in like, oh, like how the heck does this guy sell? I was thinking if I could just sell a house, I'd be pretty pumped at that time. And then it's funny, we were almost about doing that production. And I first met him like, hey, dude, I first watched your video six years ago. And, you know, now we're, now I'm doing about the same production. And, you know, it, it, Ben has always been someone who I've heard about and never heard a bad thing. Only, you know, that of his accomplishments and and you know, largest agent at Keller Williams by a long shot. Um, and so when I moved to Phoenix, I actually went to this EXP event in Cabo. You've you've probably gone to the Brent. I don't know if you've gone to that one or, or heard of it. The Brent Gove does puts it on. Um, and 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 there was this person there who had this um, place shirt on. And it's funny because I was actually looking into I was actually looking into Keller Williams. They had this independent brokerage model they were trying to roll out. So I owned an independent brokerage, sixty agents, and I was look. So I've been looking from about twenty nineteen 
2019 I, to about 2020, I, I found eXp. I was looking to partner with a, a, with a brokerage firm, take my team to a brokerage or a brokerage to a brokerage, but I was running a team out of my brokerage, if that makes sense. Yep. And um, I was at Keller Williams when they announced the place. And I'm like, oh, so Ben has his own thing that uh, anyone can get involved. I'm like, that's interesting. But then I, I signed up for it. And I never heard anything. I never, I, I signed up to learn about it, right? Gotcha. Never heard anything. And, but it made a big noise at that event, at that KW family reunion. I actually, I went to one just to go check it out. And so I just always had heard about place, but never knew what it was. And I ran into this lady. Her name's Via Williams. Um, I ran into her at, uh, at that Cabo mastermind. And I was like, Hey, I know what place is. And she was like, she was like blown away that I like said, Hey, what, I know what that is. Can we talk about it? And we ended up talking and it just really fit what I was, what I was looking for. And, you know, for me personally, this isn't everybody I've always had I've, since day one, we've always said, we're going to be a national real estate company, meaning that we will be in other markets. We will be play, whatever makes sense. Right. It's not about agents size or agent count, or it's not about how many markets you're in. Right. But we know that we're, we want to, we're playing to play this game big. And so when I talked, when I talked to Via about place, I was like, this is a lot of alignment with what I want to do. And, you know, I don't want to make this a place commercial, but I think the, the yeah. short of, the short of it is that there's two things that I noticed that place is solving and does solve that the industry has a massive problem with. Okay. Number For one sure. is productivity. Okay. Now, when I say productivity, every brokerage is equal at scale in productivity. Yeah, one has a different sales price. One has more luxury. It doesn't matter. It's still an 80-20 rule where the cycle of agents, the average is still $44,000 a year across the NAR statistic, right? For agent earnings. You look at every brokerage, the turnover is about the same. Yeah, the average income might vary a little bit, but it's all still relatively very low. And the other side of it, is and that, so that's why I think teams are very valuable because teams do solve that. I mean, in my opinion, teams solve the productivity issue. Yep. And then you have um, insulating your business with core services. Now, at scale, no brokerage has been able to really make a insurance title or mortgage company profitable and be a significant part of their P and L. And the reason they can't is because why would Travis? uproot his relationship with his state farm agent who sponsors all of his events comes to you know all of his open houses always is promoting his stuffs you know whatever the case takes him out to lunch once a month why would he uproot that just to use exp's insurance program or keller covered or like why would you do that if you're not getting any benefit from it monetarily or outside of just feel good that you're contributing to the brokerage <clears throat> you're not going to Yep. So no brokerage at scale has been able to do that. So that's why all these different JVs for insurance, mortgage, title, that's why those are all out there. But if it's funny, I was at Inman. And if you look at the most amount of money from VC standpoint, institutional money, VC, Wall Street, the most amount of money has been put into the uh, real estate industry, and particularly prop tech and brokerage in the last two years in history. History. Fundamentally, has it actually changed the transaction? No, not no. at all. And, and, and so going back to every transaction is still right pieced together, different lender, different title company, different agent, different, whatever, different brokerages, whatever. Not a bad thing. It's just saying fundamentally there is no end-to-end uniform transaction out there, except for like a Zillow is pretty close, open doors there. Mm-hmm. 
like, like other than those companies. So what Place does, I think, really well is it paints the vision for those core services to be uniform in branding and a part of your team where not only creates a better experience for the customer, but also from a, from a business standpoint for the, the team leader and the top producing agent on the team also produces or uh, creates another, another revenue stream, another, another area to be, more, to be profitable. Yep. And I think, and the reason they're able to do that, you know, last point, those all number one and number two, reason they're able to do that under one, one house, one piece of tech is because place is statistically the 2% of the industry. So you essentially cut out all the other 98%. And now you're just dealing with the 2% that are full-time career-driven, systematic real estate teams and agents. And so you can actually implement these things with that group opposed to trying to take it to the masses. It's not going to work. Um, and so am I happy with it? Absolutely. And I think the other, the other side of this is that any like EXP, right. And that was a rocket ship back in, uh, 2015, 16, 14, 13, right. right? It was still kind of like this. I don't know. And at some point you have to bet on something and it's never going to be perfect. But I do think that place is positioning themselves in the future market. The best that I've seen of any real estate, I don't want to call it a brokerage because it's not any yeah. real estate company I've seen that positioning is where I think the future of the business is. And that's why we made the partnership. For sure. And, and I, I chatted with them and I completely agree with you. Like their branding's on point Their You know, I think their mission's on point when I was talking and I can't remember who you connected me with. Probably um, Katie Benson. Katie. Yeah, it was Katie. She's awesome. Um, yeah. She's great. She's fantastic. And it was literally like, I think for a lot of teams out there, it it was a it was a great fit because um, it is a partnership. They share, you know. They, oh yeah, yeah you become with. you become a business partner. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting though too. I think you know, and again, it's everyone has their different right, like the different season of their business, what they actually want. But I will say this too that every team leader I've ever talked to has a vision where they are not the sole producer, or their income is not completely pegged on them selling real estate. And I think what Place does really, really well, if you don't already have it, is it paints that vision, not only from like a vision it can happen because there's other a lot of people who are actually have done it and are doing it. I'm one of them, right? But it also shows you from a financial perspective, from a systems perspective, from a scale perspective, how much you need to grow in order to get to that point with very clear and real data. And I think that's what a lot of people want is they want that certainty. They want to take the guesswork out of the equation just tell me what I need to do to get here. And I think that's what they do a really good job of as well is take the guesswork out of the next phases of your growth. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, again, it's, I think for a lot of people, a lot of, again, a lot of teams, it's an, it's a great fit if you qualify for it. Um, and I, I just straight up told her, I was like, look, I love everything. It was, it was just one of those things like everything they were doing, I was already doing like, yeah. um, I was already setting up the affiliates. I've, I've had all the affiliates set up in the past when I ran my own brokerage. Um, yep. so I'm setting those up basically up for myself and the collab that I've built. Um, not, not necessarily, I love the XP's affiliates, but we're kind of building our own. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man, is <laughs> right. that's yep. the issue. Yep, exactly. Um, and I oh. guess here, here's my thought with this. Cause when I see, cause play in place, in my opinion, is a brand agnostic, almost EXP model. They took a lot of the EXP model and said, hey, we're going to make it brand agnostic to where when I see non-EXP agents join place, I'm like, what are you doing? Like just, 
and again, I, I don't really talk about EXP in my podcast much, but that's, that's oh. one of the thoughts. I'm like, dude, if you're at KW and you go to place, just take that extra step further and come to EXP, stay at place. But you know what I mean? It's like, if you like place, oh, yeah. you'll love EXP. Oh man, it's, it's, you're, you're hundred percent right about that. I mean, it's almost like double dipping. It sounds kind of like a bad term, but it, it kind of is what it is. You know I mean? Yep stock the revenue share yeah the ability to expand i mean yeah you're you're right actually a really good point for sure man all right well we are approaching the end last little bit so again we we uh we talked about the standard dinosaurs in the industry so like what are you doing to stay ahead so place sounds like it was a great partnership to to keep keep things ahead of the curve because you now have you know a big solid entity to kind of help you with that but what do you think you're you're going to plan on doing to stay ahead of rates, the market, industry, AI, like tech, like what system, tech, and platforms are you really looking into to, to stay ahead of all of this with uh, the market shifting? Sure. Well, I think the most valuable resource is good people. So, um, you know, first and foremost, it's ensuring that we retain our top talent from a management perspective and from a, um, a sales perspective for our agents. That's first and foremost for me. Um, and you know, I think what happens is, and especially in real estate, if you, if you start as an individual agent and you go to a team, but it really becomes first about you and you, you make some money and you got to be a little bit selfish and you got to build up that wealth. If you want to be able to give, you have to be able to give something. So you got to receive at some point it's about you, but then it turns to about everyone else. Um, and so, you know, people's first. And after that, you know, I think that you talked about profitability. I think that there's a balance in profitability. And, and, I, and I look at two things. There's a lot of people that talk about, well, when everyone's getting fearful, this is when you should dive in and, and go take market share, right? But take market share. I mean, there's a lot of different marketing, let's just call it that, uh, budgets that you can increase and find that other people are backing out of. But the one thing I would challenge everyone to look at, and I think this is going to be really big for me personally, is yes, can you go, well, I guess you can't anymore, but in some markets you can. Can you go to a Zillow, pop in your credit card and get some leads? I know realtor.com you can. You can do that anytime. Okay. You could go spend a little bit more money, if not the same amount, on like radio and TV. Okay. Now everyone, oh, well, you know, why would I like, this is so easy. I'm like, it is easier right? To just hook up to the Zillow or the, the, the lead generation platform. However, like brand recognition, right? And, and that's a long-term game as you know, right? It's why we put out content. That's why we do all the things we do. It's why you're wearing your hat. Like people, you know, we do this stuff to why the backdrop in the background of this is there. It's brand recognition. And so I would challenge people if this is a local game and the more market share and more eyeballs that are on your branding and can like recognize and hear your name and, and it means something or they've heard of it before, there's a lot of value in that. And I, so I think that when we look at like our lead generation marketing strategies, we're looking at, well, of course we need to be you know, smart about what we spend on, but if we're going to spend, let's spend on things that are going to increase our brand awareness in our markets. Um, and I think the, this, the third part of that is really producing a culture of of prospecting agents yeah. um, that I can't, because you, you know, from a profitability standpoint, from a margin standpoint, from a just overall energy I want in my organization, that's, that's what I want um, is, is a, is a culture where people take pride in how hard 
they prospect and how and the deals they're able to put together because of their effort. Um, now we, of course, on the team, we aid that effort. But yeah, and I think you know, the, I'll give you one more from a from a financial standpoint. It's my like one of my favorite sayings, but it's so I never I've always heard it and I've applied it, but it, right now it means more than anything. Is shavings make a pile, and um, when you're looking at your you know your expenses, well, I've been in the position where you're not making anything in a month. I've been in the position where you've lost money in a month. And guess what? That little three hundred dollar charge that you charge four times, uh, you know, uh, thirty times a month, and usually just oh, it's a wash. It was a wash a year ago because you're making a hundred thousand dollars a month. Well, guess yeah. what? That three grand that it would be, right? That three thousand dollars it would be in a month that you made zero. That extra three k means a lot. Yeah. And so you really have to understand that this game is a very like it's like these little margins. You just kind of push this way, push that way. Right, and you have to be very conscientious of that. Um, that those are the those are the four things that we're really looking at. Um, I could go on and on, but I mean to make it simple and like some good takeaways. Uh, that's how we're approaching this year. And lead with profitability. If you're going to do anything, earn it. Make the team earn it. Make the agents earn it. Right? You want a bigger office? You guys want some more gear? You want this? You want that? All right, let's get these transactions up. You know, I mean, hey, right? Um, we, we have to. And, and I think the 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 other thing about where we're at in, in the business right now is this, there's no end to this game. And so this is an infinite game. Business is an infinite game, but real estate's an infinite game as a, as a team, right? You're going to run this as long as you possibly can. There's no end. There's no winning. The only way you can lose is if you get out of the game. Yep. So either you quit or you actually go out of business, run out of money. Those are the two ways to lose outside of that. If you're if you're watching your expenses right now, you're you know you're you're being mildly aggressive. You're really um, making sure every move is right, and you feel like you're getting behind or you're losing or like you're not progressing the way you should. Just remember the fact that you're in the game, you're winning. Um, and I think that's really important to note right now because we can all get kind of down on ourselves when we're not seeing the same crazy growth. And you know, I mean, being in business right now is a win. Hundred percent, dude. So many good points there. Because again, you look at social media, and you're, and again, the the culture of uh, everything's amazing, which is just, yeah. you know, mostly. I don't want to call it lies, but exaggerations. I'll say it to be nice. Um, to where, to, yeah, absolutely. I think if you're in the game and you're still doing it, then you're winning. Um, gosh, there were so many good points there, bro. Um, and absolutely, yeah. Because, oh yeah. <laughs> My team sent, they're like, hey, new tents, water bottles. I was like, close some deals, like close a couple deals first and we, then we'll get get the tent and the water we got, bottles. We got that right now, man. These guys want to, they want an office in Scottsdale. I said, all right, cool. 10 additional pending transactions for two months straight, done. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Right. That's and uh, yeah, but I think, I think you, you have to, man. Yeah. It's, it's always a challenge for sure. Yep. Absolutely. So where's the market going to be in five years? Where are you going to be in five years? market i don't know that's that five years i mean statistically it's going to be up <laughs> which yeah. put it back. I, I i feel like all my i feel like uh all of my predictions have been wrong or my crystal ball has been off but um yeah i mean i think you know there's a good saying right uh don't don't wait to buy real estate buy real estate and wait i think that's still always been probably will be my my thought process on where the market's going to be um going forward and um, where I'm going to be, I mean, in theory, uh, we will be, have expanded some other, some other markets and, and gone very deep, created a lot of millionaires within our organization. 
Um, and uh, I'm assuming I'll probably be somewhere at a, at my new residence in Paradise Valley. <laughs> doing probably probably taking a podcast like that doing doing it doing something like this so yeah those are my plans for the future cool man are you in radio and television like do you do that i just uh, i we just 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 started it yep okay i was gonna say I, I, I used to be on radio a couple of years ago um i, I wasn't a part of that that agent radio program or whatever i can't remember the name of it right um yeah, right. There you go. Um, but I was look at, you know, diving back into it. We've been running YouTube and and podcasts for a while. So, all right, last up, what do you want to leave the listeners with? If you have to say one thing, piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, piece of advice. Let's see. Or leave, um, give me a direction for the advice. I need some direction. Um, I mean, the, the, the last ramble was pretty solid with four points. Again, things are down. People okay. might be down like... What should they focus on? Let's see if you're down. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, something that I've really come to realize over the last, I'd say two or three years is, you know, you got to get your house in order. That's number one house in order. Um, I've, I've learned and I've seen that you cannot go out and go fight the business battle, the entrepreneurship battle, fight that battle and then go home and fight a battle too. Um, and the most valuable thing you have, a lot of people say it's your time. It's really your energy because you can have all the time in the world. You ain't got any energy, right? It's irrelevant. And so if you're feeling down, like that's what you need to be focused on right now is your energy, um, getting that to where it needs to be. And chances are there's things usually at home that are draining that energy. Um, and if that's not the case, then mentally and physically, you got to start taking care of yourself better. Cause that energy truly is the most valuable thing you have. Um, outside of that, I would say that do not consume too much content looking for the next answer and don't get, do not get worn down with the shiny object syndrome. Cause here's the thing, shiny objects never go away. doesn't matter what level you're at. The next opportunity, a new thing, this new grand slam, they never, ever, ever go away. And frankly, what happens is when what you're doing is getting hard getting harder and harder, those shiny objects are getting shinier and shinier. That's the test, right? That's the whole point. Are you willing to stick to the road, right? The, the longest way around is usually the shortest way home. Are you willing to stick to the path you initially um, got on or are you going to quit? And if you quit on where what you're doing right now, like what else are you going to quit on? And then you just see the revolving cycle of next team, next brokerage, next opportunity, next company. And it just, it's, it's just a repetitive cycle. So understanding where you're at in that cycle and, and really focusing on the things I talked about previously with your energy. That's my best advice for anyone who's not, who's feeling a little bit, uh, not at their best right now when I've been there. So these are things that have helped me uh, personally. That's awesome, man. And, uh, Nisa and I, we're at, energy is, is huge. We have one kiddo, another about to come in a couple of weeks. And normally, I don't know if you're you're the same, probably, you know, high D personality. I'm always like, all right, if I'm gonna do Tony Robbins business mastery, that's what I wanna go. I'm actually at a place with with Nisa and I talking, we're like, dude, we might need to go to life mastery because I guess they literally go over your entire body and energy. Because yep. I'm like, we have to have optimal energy to even yep. be able to progress and push and build where normally I'm always like business mastery, sales, business, like, and I'm like, dude, I think we got to revamp that energy. So awesome and, and, point, man. 
after you've been around, I mean, you know, you've been around to enough, especially when you're like talking about residential real estate teams and just business, like, sure. Is there always something new I can learn for tax taxes? Oh yeah, definitely. Be just hire a freaking tax person. Right. But like at some point you've almost heard everything you need to hear. Like there's not a like, going and just consu- consumption is mistaken for action sometimes. Um, yep. and at some point you got to start consuming and just start acting. Yep. And I, I, I literally started a book. I can't remember which one it was, but um, at that point it was just going into wake up at 5 AM and grind. And I closed the book. I was like, I know I've heard this. A, a good, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I moved on to a different book, even though I'm sure the book's great. So speaking of books, where can they find your book? Where can they find you, man? Yeah. Um, well, you can find my book on Amazon, just type in no, no permission needed. And if you need a direct link, I'm, I'm usually more, most active on Instagram. You can, uh, in my bio, Ramon.casals, link to the Amazon store. You can check it out. Um, yeah, I wrote that book actually two years ago. Um, and it's basically uh, a compilation of, of everything that helped me in my first five years in real estate. And so, um, yeah, it's, it was a fun one. I'd recommend going through the writing process if you haven't already. That, that, that's its own, own animal there. So it is. Awesome, oh man. yeah. Thanks man. Well, well, cool dude. Thank you so much for the listeners. Again, coffee's for closures. That's why we have these amazing guests on here. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha. And thank you, Ramon for coming in brother. Thanks man. Appreciate you. Enjoyed this episode of coffee for closers. Subscribe to the show anywhere you find podcasts and follow collab agents on social at collab agents.